Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Add that to the letter. (laughs) The dignity. With his eyes, Pat Forty. This is where, again, we get into the, the, the stuff that other podcasts don't dare to tread. Like, you know, can you defeat a orangutan with a sword? <laughs> Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod, Sean Sullivan. We're starting with you. Have Notre Dame upsets number one seed Tennessee Vols in baseball. You're the biggest Tennessee baseball fan Perhaps there is, or at least in the running. Certainly the biggest in, in within this sphere of the podcast. <laughs> How are we? How are we? First off, thanks for everybody hit me up on Twitter. Just worried about me yesterday. Um, <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I, I went to the beach. I ate 15 pounds of Korean barbecue after that with my girlfriend. And uh, then we went to see Top Gun 2. So that was a good trio to battle the, the my wounds. So mm, that's the a- beach... A lot of meat and Top Gun too. Yeah, that's a solid coping coping mechanisms, no mm-hmm. doubt excellent, about it. Excellent, excellent work. I mean, that's a good day, even if your favorite baseball team loses. Right. I I suppose you would trade all three of those for a victory, but yeah, that's that's good. That's good. All right. Well, what happened, Sully? What happened? Man, we talked about this going into going into the series. Notre Dame just eight out of the nine guys were seniors, senior laying team. You see this a lot around baseball, where there's guys that have been playing got a lot of reps and aren't scared to go into a, a hornet's nest that is Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And they started out four, four first innings on Friday with four home runs. And you're like, oh, boy, this is about to be a dog fight. And it sure was. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, when you're the brash provocateur of college baseball, uh, you're going to have to take some shots. And they certainly did across the SEC from Arkansas fans to Vanderbilt fans to Ole Miss fans to everybody in between that taking shots at Tennessee and that's kind of the nature of the beast when you when you win a lot and you do it in a in a very uh, high entertaining fashion. This yep. is way too emotionless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we, Sully, come on now. Let's let's dig in a little Where's bit the here. Anger. There, yeah. It's okay. It's, there. it's okay not to be okay. Sully. It's there. It's there. <laughs> I, I did a really good job yesterday of, of coping. I'm telling you, but uh, <laughs> let it out. Let it out. Safe space. No, what, this is a safe space. The quickest is, the yeah. quickest way to fire me up though is you know I was scrolling a lot on Twitter yesterday trying to uh, that helps. That helps. that really helps, right? <laughs> Um, and it's just every other tweet's a pot shot at Tennessee, <laughs> but it, the, it, the quickest way to fire me up is that other managers that aren't even involved in this regional taking a little shots at Tennessee, like North Carolina's manager. He's kind of taken the side of Dave Van Horn, DVH, who's, uh, has a nice rivalry with Tony Vitello, one of his old coaches and, and says, you know, I really respect Ar- those Arkansas guys. They're doing it the right way. And, you know, they they swing that stick in their hand and they walk right to the dugout. Yada, yada, yada. You know, all these unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, baseball is a, a, a dying sport. Teams like Tennessee, they're the only reason why we're talking about college baseball right now. You know, and there's the only reason why people have had eyeballs on college baseball long before we even hit tournament time. You could you could take your unwritten rules and shove them where the sun don't shine, in my opinion. Oh, uh, there we go. Now we're now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, here on the therapist couch, we are digging in. We're, we're digging we're, in. We're digging in. And so, it, these are a uh, bunch of eighteen year old kids that are having a blast. And I, I, if if you don't think bat slams and flicking off the right fielder is fun, I don't I don't know what to tell you. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, situation or the deal with this Tennessee team is, I mean, they were extremely good and they were really cocky and arrogant and showy uh, and kind of sometimes confrontational. You get star players getting ejected. You get managers bumping people getting ejected. So you set yourself up. You better win then. All right, because you become a target and people like to see the cocky team and the arrogant team go down and they did. But to your point, I agree that, uh, you know, baseball is is just so constipated by its, you know, it's how you play the game, unwritten rules that have been around since 1800, since the game has. And that's not that shouldn't be what college baseball is. It's not what Tennessee was. And I I, I think you got to let. Young people be pretty demonstrative in sports these days. Uh, that's what they want to do. And, you know, why shouldn't they? Sully, you, it's enough. Tennessee's got no class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classless balls. That's what I'm talking about. I don't even believe that, but I got to rile you up. Yeah, I know. But cl- classes versus Catholics was the shirt of the weekend. And I, I definitely. Oh, really? Wanted, yeah, I definitely didn't want to buy one in, in the in the Catholics versus convicts script. Uh, of, of, the, yeah, right. of the Miami yeah, yeah. game. So right. Tennessee fans made those, and we, we fully know uh, where where our uh, bread is buttered. And it's, it's, and it's Well, yeah, and as you have noted in the past, I mean, the fight song is about moonshiners, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, so. and, and, and killing revenue agents. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do murder a federal agent in there, right? Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. they, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't come back. They don't come good back from that, from that mountain. Yeah. yeah. No, look – uh, your your point is 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 well taken. It's also like, how seriously do we want to take college baseball? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? um, there there's there's not a right way to play. Uh, uh, other than like, if you are you know trying to spike guys into second base or throwing purposely at them, uh, which is actually like an unwritten rule that's allowed. <laughs> yeah, right. right. That's yes, you're okay. allowed to go. That's ahead. old school baseball. Throw it mm. at a guy's head. As long as you're not doing that in sports, the the goal is to win. It's and it's like in everything else. The goal is to win. You want to buy a house, you don't sit there and say, "Hey, this is the list price. I'll only bid that and hope they accept my bid." If you really want it, you bid higher. Is that fair or whatever? No, I don't. Yeah, it's fair. The conglomerate can come in and and double the the asking price and buy it from you. And that's sorry. Then then <laughs> that's not an unwritten that's, rule. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is it about? Like you know, this is the way we got to play. Tennessee had the fur coat. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's funny. It's something. Kids, I mean, who cares? It's what they want to do. That's yeah. what they want. Their pro- if you want your program to be something else, then have it be that. But uh, they could just as easily be like, your program's boring. We got into the bit this weekend, too, at Virginia Tech. Uh, the, they called it their home. What is it? Their, their, the Hokie Sledgehammer was the NCAA bandit from existence. They could not use the sledgehammer fun police uh, the fun police <laughs> home run hammer they would celebrate in front of their dugout um the nca said during last week's nca regional baseball games and other potential volatile situations were observed at various sites any orchestrated activities by dugout personnel designed to distract intimidate or discon- disconcert the opposing team or reflect poor sportsmanship now shall not be allowed yeah. Um, and then uh, Carson Demartini said, that's total crap from the NCA. You see Tennessee hit their home run and they put their fur coat on. You see Texas hit their home run. They put their helmet on. But that, what's the NCA got to do to come over here and tell us we can't slam our own hammer in our own park? There's some <laughs> guys on the team. This is a great one that kind of talk like it's almost being in a prison in your own ballpark. Oh, dear. Right, let's, okay, that, easy that, that's a bit dramatic. It's clearly mm-hmm. never been to prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, but he's point. The fans come out for the hammer. They want to see us slam the hammer. I think it's total crap. We can't slam the hammer. Well, we're not going to let it affect us. We're going to slam an air hammer. Yeah, they did a fake hammer. They did. They, and they, they also they, lost. Yes. They seem to have some fun with the air hammer because like, here's the deal. A little history lesson on sledgehammers in college sports. Oh, you know, somebody mentioned the fun police. Sometimes you may end up with the real police involved if you got a sledgehammer handy 2002 1AA football playoffs western kentucky versus western illinois coached by jack harbaugh as a matter of fact the hilltoppers i love it uh 
They had a sledgehammer that they brought to the games. It was you know, hard-working, blue-collar, tough, blah, 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 blah. Well, they got in a brawl with Western Illinois, and one of the players, <laughs> strong safety Chris Riviere, picked up the sledgehammer and used it in the brawl. Got dismissed from the team. Uh, and there were well, other he penalties in prison. Paul. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. Yeah, don't do that. That's don't. an actual yeah assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, don't do so, that. There is precedent for for having some concern for sledgehammers. What about Paul Bunyan's axe at the well, Minnesota-Wisconsin game? You know, that thing's like 10 feet long, though, right? That thing, yeah. would be really hard to wield in sort of like a lethal <laughs> manner, wouldn't it? <laughs> Got to have some really yeah. long arms. You yeah. had a couple guys, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's still. I, yeah, well, no. So, I, you know, here, this is where, again, we get into the, the, the stuff that other podcasts don't dare to tread. Like, you know, can you defeat a orangutan with a sword? <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of can, swords, there, uh, a, I can't remember uh, what Twitter page tweeted this out, but it was a video from like the 1993 a and SMU game where one of the fake army guys was trying to take out like an SMU <laughs> cheerleader with his saber and now they what? now the ncaa doesn't allow them to have sabers unless it's like basically <laughs> like glued into the sheath <laughs> see college sports they have all these dumb rules for a reason because people have done things like use a sledgehammer and a brawl or try to go after somebody with a sword that's true the, the over the hundred hundred plus years of collegiate yeah. athletics it's there's been some idiots out there that have used <laughs> yeah, the weapons. so maybe i'm gonna give the nsa a pass on the hammer yeah they the probably hammer. are right Mm-hmm. Like, because if there was a hammer, if the brawl broke out and someone got hammered by the, the hokey hammer, that'd be pretty bad. I would probably be like, why are we allowing hammers and <laughs> weapons on the sideline? Howard Howard High School, uh, Reggie White's alma mater, uh, we used to play them in high school and they, they would bring a sledgehammer and slap it down on your 50 yard line during warmups. And that was always mm. pretty in, uh, uh, intimidating, I would say. Yeah. So there's hammers at uh, girls high school soccer. I mean, like it's I've seen the. The sledgehammer is a thing. Uh, yeah, the blue collar. I don't know. Uh, well, the Hokies got to come up with something else or I don't know what, but they didn't make it. No. <laughs> they got air hammer. I think they hit, they hit with air bats for part of that. Uh, yeah, air bats. They didn't win a lot of hammer. Didn't What was East Carolina, Sully? They have like they had, pirate? Yeah, yeah. So they're obviously the pirates, and they had the, the Jack Sparrow hat with the dreads coming out the back, and <laughs> they would slap that on your head after you hit a homer. And, sort of Johnny uh, Depp Johnny the trial, Depp. so he's yeah. okay now? He's okay, yeah. so you could use it. <laughs> he's back. <Yeah>. Uncanceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he successfully sued for more money than Amber Heard did, so. Yeah, <laughs> so he gets to. Yeah, man, um, I feel bad I, for those pirates, though. The most super regional appearances without a College World Series appearance. Man, they're going to make it one of these days. But woo, tough. I was disappointed, too. I said I was rooting for them. I also not that there aren't upsets in this because there's a lot of like unseated teams. Oklahoma, I think, was unseated. Right. right. Um, Auburn is still a lot at the time we're doing this. will probably be done. UConn could still make it. But it's just as a college sports fan. I like seeing East Carolina beat Texas. Hell yeah. Nothing against Texas. It's just, no. I want to see those types of schools make it. Yes. It's their East sport. Carolina right? and Southern Miss lose. Yeah. It's their sport. It's, it's whatever it is. Let's, like I said, I always root for like, I love the Minnesota Duluth hockey program. Um, yeah. They got a great program. Uh, and it's like, they, this is it. This is their thing. Yeah. I mean, like East Carolina has been clinging by its fingernails to membership in the AAC. You know, just to get in was like a triumph for them to get above that Conference USA level. And, you know, the, the way things have been changing, I'm sure there are people within that league that would have loved to see East Carolina get kicked out. But no, they hang in there. And to have success in a, you know, fairly high-level sport like baseball, is uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's great. I mean, Greenville, North Carolina... Nice little college town. Everybody's behind the pirates there. So let them have their moment in the sun. Texas wins everything. Texas will probably win the uh, NACTA All Sports Cup for the second year in a row. It's either going to be them or Stanford. So, um, you know, it's tough for the pirates not to get there, but that's the way it goes. Plus, old, old Miss beating Southern Miss in Hattiesburg. Right. Oh. Right. Yeah. 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 Romance is dead. Romance is dead. I, I mean, all due respect. Good job. Um, but, yeah, it's just a uh, I'm a someone looking for narratives. But hey, you got a narrative in Tim Elko there. The the going on one knee last year and and still playing and hitting 
hitting absolute monster shots to lead Ole Miss, damn near to the to Omaha, and then they get it back this year. That's that's a pretty cool story for Tim Elko. So they 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 got some narratives down there in in, in Oxford. All right, well, Sully, we'll rely on you for all narratives going mm-hmm. forward. Baseball I got narratives. One old Miss fan who had a good time was Lane Kiffin, of course. <laughs> oh, I saw Lane mix it up with the Vols a little, didn't Vol, he? Vol fans are mad at Lane, of course. Of Poor course. little Lane, still wishing he was a Vol, speaking on how your, how is your son Knox. You know, he didn't name the thing, all that. Uh, Lane said, awesome, thanks for asking. We are watching Ole Miss baseball advance to the College World Series. What are you guys today? What What are you guys today in Knoxville? Yeah, that wasn't the best grammar, but yeah, he left out a word. He good. was too busy firing back. Good shot. I don't shots. think Lane's, uh, yeah, we never thought Lane was much very, particularly literate. <laughs> it wasn't really his thing. It's fine. Uh, and then evidently, according to Twitter, uh, there's a video circling of the Notre Dame team singing Rocky Top at, an, at a Knoxville establishment, too. So there were, oh. there were shots taken towards Knoxville uh, on Twitter. I mean, you got to do it, though. You I do? Mean, you got to do it. Like I said, you, if you're wearing the the, the home run fur, you got to yeah. take your shot. And that's, that's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. that's I mean, it. they did throw golf balls and mustard things at Lane. So he's yeah, and they also they chunked a bunch of beer on uh, and mustard first baseline after the, a call didn't go their way on Friday night. So there we go. More mustard. We're going to have to investigate, do an pod investigation of the mustard fetish in uh, Knoxville. I agree. Must, I don't know what's going on. flavored bourbon or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's our baseball. We'll do a little uh, everyone wants some movie reviews, Sully and I, later. Uh, Pat did not do his homework and watch the movie. I'm sorry. I'm in California, man. I think it's a little racy for you, Pat. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they show a butt crack at one point so i don't, I don't know oh no that's, oh yeah, no well it's certainly an r-rated movie yeah think. for sure <laughs> mature audiences so sully and i loved it yeah <laughs> uh, but we'll, <laughs> we will get <laughs> mature audience yeah define no mature, mature person would enjoy this movie absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> but uh a little football nick saban and uh and jimbo fisher and their their exciting uh fight kind of tried to dial it down but uh Freedom of Information Acts have uh, has shown has thrown a little salt on this. Uh oh, uh oh. Here we go. Yeah, on three uh, has this. The morning after Alabama football coach Nick Saban alleged Texas A and M bought every player on their team, A and M president M. Catherine Banks and director of athletics Ross Bjork told SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey the conference should consider suspending and fining Saban for his comments. This is an email signed by uh, the aforementioned. Uh, we write to express Texas A&M's disappointment and outrage at the recent statements by Alabama University. Alabama coach, University. Alabama right. University. <laughs> head coach Nick Saban that A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. Bjork and Banks email to Greg Sankey stated. Coach Saban's statement was a blatant violation of SEC bylaws regarding sportsmanship. Also, not knowing that it's called the University of Alabama would be considered, right? I, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> back to the email. <laughs> it's like they make sure to call him Coach Saban to give him some respect. Yeah, they can't yeah, get the school can't right. The school, you know, they've only been in the league for nine years now. They haven't been able to figure out exactly how what the name of all the schools are yet. More significantly, without citing any facts to spade his statement, Coach Saban is accusing every single player in AM's recruiting class and current football team of violating NCAA NIL guidelines and Texas state laws. Coach Saban's, Saban's statement is false beneath the dignity of the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> dignity. <laughs> that's, that's rich. Oh, and Caruso. Good. I don't know what dignity is. I think that was an old wooden ship. <laughs> the dignity. <laughs> Corrosive. I love Corrosive it. to the fabric of sportsmanship in college football as a whole, and especially within the SEC. We expect <laughs> the league to take a strong public action against Coach Saban and the University of Alabama. Oh, they get it right this time. <laughs> to demonstrate that. That almost <laughs> makes it un- better. It really does. It's like, did you did you do it on purpose, the first one, or are you guys just not proofread? <laughs> if you if you do it both ways, then you're gonna get it right at least once. So. Well, that's good. That's point. right. Yeah. 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 
public apology is a good starting point. The league should also consider monetary and participation penalties against Coach Saban. Thank you for your concern and prompt attention to this matter. I'm sure they wanted them suspended for uh, October the first game 8th. of October. Yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? We also got... Uh, Sankey told Bork he had cautioned that the press conference should not violate the same sportsmanship policies below. This was against Fisher. And anyway, they ended up, you know, pub, the public reprimand. So, Pat, should A&M, were, were they right? Do they have a point? And Saban should be suspended and monetarily fined. Well, I mean, certainly, yes, because you have to keep in mind the, the dignity of a conference in which Phil Fulmer once skipped SEC media days to avoid getting subpoenaed by a booster from Alabama as the two were fighting over who was going to pay Memphis uh, prospects the most. The Steve Spurrier, you know, decade of jabbing at everyone around him. Uh, The times when like half the league has been or more has been under investigation at the same time. So, yeah, there's a lot of dignity to protect here for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just love it. This is beautiful. The great thing about this, I mean, and this story will not go away as we have seen this, but when you put it in writing, that's when it gets good. And for the school to ask for Greg Sankey to lay down sanctions and Sankey's response, I, <laughs> I, I could just see Sankey after like rolling his eyes and calling three assistant commissioners saying, can you believe this shit? And then just sending a terse one one sentence response. I do not view suspension or financial penalty as appropriate at this time. That's a Greg Sankey <laughs> response. But uh, sorry, sorry, A and M that you know Alabama University is not going to be sanctioned, and Nick Saban's not going to be sanctioned in this. But I do love the the boy the administrative umbrage from A and M um, does not stop from Jimbo. It trickled up from Jimbo to Bjork to uh, to the president. Beautiful. Bring it on. Got a, yeah, you got a f- fired up, angry, sternly <laughs> worded letter. <laughs> anyway, good times. A&M's, A&M is entertaining. One of their best moves is bringing A&M into that league. They added some sight. They haven't won a lot of games. No, but they've won a few. They've had, they've, I mean, pound for pound, though, considering it. They, they add, they, they absolutely are way more exciting than like Missouri. Missouri is mm-hmm. boring. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you know, Missouri they did a have a good divisions, but you know, who cares? No one remembers. A&M yeah. hadn't done anything like that. They did have a good halftime brawl with. Uh, they had a with, good brawl with, with Florida. Florida, I guess, but Eli they didn't have helping. a pacemaker brawl like like uh, A&M did with LSU. I mean, A&M, there's no doubt they have, they are far ahead of Missouri in the inter entertaining uh, the the pacemaker rankings. brawl. We had jo- just Johnny Manziel himself. <laughs> yeah. We got Jimbo and and Saban. We got Jimbo and the Christmas tree. We got Jimbo and this class that nobody got paid. To co- no one's making any money. Right. Of course not. And they upset. I don't know. Good times. Yeah. No, this is fantastic. It All did. right. Well, add so. that to the letter. <laughs> the dignity. Uh, it's official. We had discussed this earlier uh, in past editions. Houston, Cincinnati. And Central Florida uh, will join uh, Big 12. They will leave the AAC July 1st, 2023, so about one year. So this is going to be the last season of the Big 12 as it is currently constructed and the last season of the AAC as it is constructed. Uh, BYU was already going to join on that date, so we will have this uh, crowded bus station until Texas and Oklahoma leave uh, if they are actually there in 2023, and my guess is they might be. Uh, certainly looks like it, but um, Pat, what 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 have you heard on this, and and what do, what do you take out of it? Yeah, um, eighteen million dollar exit uh, fee for those schools getting out of the AAC, but pretty sweetheart uh, payments uh, on that. It's like they got to pay ten million of it fairly quickly, and then like the other eight million can be spread out over fourteen years. So you know they, they got time to uh, dollar a week for yeah, yeah, to, to right. getting a new mattress, right? Yes. Like putting money into the NCAA Slippery Noodle Fund. Just a little here, a <laughs> little there, a little here, a little there. But uh, just, I think, really interesting to me, Dan, that uh, you're going to have, basically, it's like you've got duplex or something where people are moving in before the other people move out. And now you got a crowd and it's going to be a little awkward. And how are you going to share the bathrooms in the kitchen? you got Texas and Oklahoma still hanging around and you've got everybody else coming in. And I totally get, 
why the Big 12 is like, oh, no, we're not letting you out early. We're going to get all the revenue from you. And if you try to leave, we're going to maximize our penalty payments against you, because that's what I think you should do if somebody's going to break their contract and abandon your your conference and leave it jeopardized. You also keep yourself from moving on with what your new uh, iteration is going to be. So you still got those guys hanging around. They don't want to be there. Now you've got Cincinnati and UCF and BYU and Houston scheduling those teams. Guaranteed, Texas doesn't want to play Houston, but they're going to. Uh, And so it's just going to be very awkward. But college sports does this uh, to itself. And this is what happens with realignment. You break some eggs to make some omelets and, and you get some really strange situations. Like, I am sure Texas and Oklahoma want to get out and I wonder if 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 the new SEC media rights are lucrative enough even though I'm sure they wouldn't get bought in fully right away but if if there's just enough money there that they bite the bullet and make the huge payment to get out the big exit fee as opposed to trying to wait this thing out and and knock the money down because it's just the sooner everybody moved on theoretically would be would be better but I again don't blame the big 12 for absolutely wrenching every last penny you could get out of the Sooners and the Longhorns. Uh, so I think it was Dennis Dodd, CBS, reported that. Uh, so the deal right now for the SEC and Oklahoma and Texas is 2025. So we'd have two more or three more seasons. Well, you'd have 23, 24, and 24, 25. Uh, you'd have 22, 23. Well, 22, 23. Let's just talk football. Right. 22, 23, and 24, right? Okay, right. Yeah, I was thinking when you'd have 14 people and be overbooked, it would be... Yeah, then there'll be 14 for two seasons, but Texas and Oklahoma have three more in the Big right. 12. Yes. Uh, they're considering uh, trying to shave a year off of that. Right. Uh, but yeah, you'll have two years and, you know, but that's a big deal even in uh, not just the money, but like if Houston gets a home game with Texas or Oklahoma, like that's, those are big things. Absolutely. You think big, big moments. UCF so. would be fired up to have Oklahoma come to town. Right. BYU. Come on. Getting one one crack at it. So along those lines, Cincinnati is having an excellent recruiting class. Uh, UCF, all of them are doing a little bit better than they were. They normally do. Cincinnati's up to number three. Now, they got a lot of commits and they, you know, they're not going to last at number three, but their average star ranking and all that kind of projects out to be sort of borderline top 25 which is a significant get for a non-power five school they just don't get that high no no. over and they have had this big run including uh i think it was saturday or sunday uh, over the weekend amari snowden a cornerback from michigan big tall lanky athlete four star top 15 he's ranked two fifteenth by Rivals, like this is a legit player. He commits to to Cincinnati. They've got three, four stars. Luke Fickle's doing really well in recruiting, and they 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 got commitments from let's see, three, six, uh, nine, eleven kids since since June fourth. They're just loading up with uh, a whole bunch of recruits, and they're from all over: Florida, Jersey, Tennessee, Ohio, obviously Michigan, uh, Missouri, Indiana. Right? I mean, so they are. They are rolling, and obviously they're selling along with UCF and Houston this concept of we're going to be in, you're gonna pl- you're playing in the Big Twelve, um, and then I think Cincinnati's also saying, hey, we just had nine guys drafted. So yeah, when, well that when you yeah that's that, I guarantee that's resonating. And as you mentioned, the, like the, out of the four stars they've got, uh, two of them are DBs, and yeah. you just had Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant get picked, and you know I mean those those are high level NFL prospects and so that's that's great to be able to sell right now and they're they're making hay on it i mean when you you go into the into metro detroit and say look sauce gardner was yeah not a big prospect two years you know uh four years ago we got him and he turned out to be what did he go third what did what did he go in the draft top five i think he was third but let me see i don't know he's third in the draft uh that's gonna that's gonna spin some heads uh not just in detroit anywhere but I don't know. I, which which one of these programs do you think can hit fastest in this jump? Because generally jumping leagues does not, it's it's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah, it is. I, I, Sauce was uh, the fourth pick, by the way. Fourth pick, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, so no, that's all right. It, 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 so we, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it, it is harder than, than perhaps most people think it will be to transition leagues. Uh, that's been proven. But I, I love Cincinnati's chances because, 
the best thing they've done is maintain coaching continuity. You know, there's Luke Fickle, to the shock of many, including me, is still there. Is still coaching the Bearcats after this just fantastic run that he's had. I mean, it wasn't a one-year blip where they had a one great season. He's had he's stacked up three, four good seasons in a row now, and so you've got that. You've got a commitment to build a new facility, which they have said they need, and they've found a place for it, which is hard to do in downtown Cincinnati. Uh, and then you've got conference affiliation and you've got players in the area. You know, you can recruit the Midwest and get some darn good players. You can go into Michigan. You can get people in Ohio. Uh, you can go to Pennsylvania uh, and so forth. So I, I just think Cincinnati is set up for the long haul to be very, very competitive. As long as I can keep Luke Fickle. And they probably won't keep him forever. He may, I mean, he may have something pop up this year that he goes. But to have kept him this long is an incredible triumph for them. And we're seeing in the recruiting what the benefits are of uh, of having a big NFL class coming off of a breakthrough, you know, pioneering historic uh, playoff uh, appearance. So it's all momentum at Cincinnati right now. It's pretty impressive. It it will be a challenge uh, that week in week out uh, deal. Same in basketball. I think I saw Kelvin Sampson. Obviously, Houston's a great program. He's got in basketball, and he said, "Well, this is great, but." When you play in the Big 12, every single team in the Big 12 can make the Sweet 16. Right. And, you know, like, this isn't that much fun for me. He kind of he enjoyed some of those easier games and some off nights. But, you know, it, so there there is that challenge. That's why they tend to have they tend to struggle with it. But Cincinnati's hot right now. I'll go, you got to you got to give them that. Fickle's doing a heck of a job. I mean, if he as long as he's going to stay, I think they'll be great. And I don't know. I don't know that he's really looking to go. No, I mean, yeah, we'll find out. He could have had Notre Dame. If he wanted to be like immediately had his agent call and been like, we'll take Notre Dame, he probably could have had it over Freeman. Well, that would have been an interesting one to see how that would have played out because I'm sure Fickle was on their radar, but I think everything moves so quickly in favor of Marcus Freeman that they, I'm not sure they even went down the road with Fickle, but Fickle also, I, you know, he could have started the road. Right. Yes. Yes. And he same with Michigan like two years ago. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just stuff you could do. Be like, hey, if Michigan opens, I'm coming to Michigan. Like, I know he'll he'll probably go to Ohio State. Yes. But, you know, if he wants one of these really, really good jobs in the Midwest, he could he could let it be out there that I might be available. Whether they would hire him or not, he is, as far as anyone says, has not let anyone have that opinion of him. Yeah, so. I, I don't think he has gone down the road at all. Uh, but the, yeah, I think, and I think that the the fact that they were in position to make the playoff, unlike Brian Kelly, was a deal breaker uh, for Fickle in terms of I'm not talking to anybody, you know, in early December if your job is open. If, if we're going to talk, we're going to have to wait until after this playoff, and that became untenable. So the AAC will re- will will bring in in 2023 uh, Charlotte. FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and Texas San Antonio will be coming, I guess, at the same time. They'll all be there for 2023. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, we're, we, you know, we're playing musical chairs here where you, you, you get these conferences that run out of chairs, but they, it really is not terrible for the AAC. I mean, you're losing very, very good programs, yes, uh, but you're getting – and then enhanced exit fee, and you would have already you already got your other schools coming in. So at least now you can kind of set your roster and go forward. And yeah, there's a pretty damn big drop off from UCF to FAU and from Houston to UTSA. Although UTSA's done well, um, from Cincinnati and BYU to well, they didn't have BYU, but from Cincinnati to some of these other schools, Charlotte. But at least you know what you've got now, and this is how it works: you raid the 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 level below you, and you pull up the most promising ones and you want schools from Florida and Texas for recruiting purposes. And you're trying to help your, your fairly meager TV package to be as good as it can be. Uh, and that's just kind of the survival of the fittest mode that we're in now. All right. Also, we, we talked about it last week, so we won't talk that much about it now, but uh, CJ Carr commits to Notre Dame taught one of the top quarterbacks class of 24 in uh, out of Michigan may impact the Dante Moore. Recruitment is one of the top quarterbacks of 2023. Although, you know, I, I don't I don't know that Dante Moore is the kind of kid that's going to be like, well, if there's a good player coming in after me, I won't go. I'll have, he'll have a year head start. Right. Like wherever you go, there's going to be other good quarterbacks. 
Like, I mean, it's just yeah, no, no, no. these schools at this level are not just going to be like, OK, we won't recruit anyone for three years. No, no. So, so. Uh, we will we'll see what that ha- factor. But it seems to be a lot less likely that he heads to uh, to Notre Dame. But he uh, he has not said he's he's backing out of that. Any any thoughts on that? There was a great picture of uh, Lloyd Carr wearing a Notre Dame hat. <laughs> looks like he was having fun. Lloyd Carr is a great guy. Yeah. And uh, really, really is a good guy. Good man. And mm-hmm. uh, it looked like he was having fun with it. The only his grandson could make Lloyd Carr wear a Notre Dame hat. I guarantee that. Yes. And I'm <laughs> sure that that caused a little bit of heartburn for a few uh, uh, Michigan fans from the back in the day. But I did see, uh, again, message board geniuses strikes again. They're they're fantastic finding crackpot stuff but uh yeah there, there was somebody that put out there and they could not possibly have been serious that this was lloyd was fine with his uh, grandson going notre dame because he knew it would help michigan with dante moore there we have it oh Grant, i see yeah so he was steering him there to help yeah yeah because he cares more about that than his grandson going to where he <laughs> wants to go to school yeah that's probably not so probably no, not the case probably not but uh yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I agree with you that Dante Moore is, seems, you know, if, if you're a top 10 player and a top one or two or three quarterback in your class, you're really not sitting there saying, oh, gosh, I'm worried the guy coming in after me is going to be better than me. You're just going to make your decision and say, I'm the best guy out there. Just watch. And if it doesn't work out, you transfer. That's, that's kind of the way things go right now. But I, I don't think this necessarily will change what Dante Moore wants to do. I mean, if, if you're in Michigan, your, your, your urgency increases and you've got to, uh, to do everything you can to, you know, prioritize Dante Moore. But I don't think Notre Dame's going to say, oh, gosh, no, we, we're not going after him anymore. And I don't think Dante Moore's going to cross Notre Dame off the list. We'll see if they get him. But I don't think it changes the dynamic too much. We had uh, homework. Uh, a few, I think some people on social media told us they did the homework, too. Others had seen the movie. Everyone wants some. The great base, college baseball movie where they don't really ever play baseball. There's one baseball practice. <laughs> and it's a captain's practice. Uh, everything else in the movie is basically these guys screwing around, uh, mostly uh, consuming uh, alcohol and trying to meet girls. Seems to, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sully, you saw you had not seen the movie. I don't know how. Um, this thing was, uh, it's basically like the sequel, not really the sequel, but it's in the spirit of dazed and confused. It's by the same people. And it just centers on this, uh, this, uh, Texas, uh, college baseball team. That's really good filmed in, uh, San Marcos at Texas state. Uh, it was a flop at the box office. Only 5.4 million uh, bought it and, uh, or went and I don't think Dazed and Confused was a giant hit until after too, right? Like that—that's yeah. kind of the culty classic vibes. Well, yeah, and this one I don't even think ever got like its good run on like TNT or something. Well, the pod- I think they would. The podcast is going to change that. We'll We're going to it- change it. Yep. We're going to change it. Everybody wants some. Sully, your thoughts? Right, well, oh, first the homework was done, but Pat didn't do it. Oh man, I've been I've been driving a truck across the country, and I've been uh, attending graduation festivities. So this is okay. a perfect so hotel first off, movie. Yeah. First off, what eyes on the road? What are you doing? Come on, priorities. <laughs> and we don't care about this little Stanford graduation. It's just that's like a sixth grade graduation, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure, I know. Did you see no. the sign? I feel like there was a sign at the Stanford graduation that said this shit was hard. Um, what did it I didn't say? see that? I, there was one. I mean, look, the Stanford graduation is hilarious because people can come in literally wearing whatever they want. Uh, most people have something goofy, and then they they you know they sit down and put their robe on or whatever. Although it was so damn hot, a lot of people did the opposite; they took their robe off, but. My daughter and her swimming friends, they wore their swimsuits to graduation. That's awesome. But yes, there was there was a collection of, of kids that came in with each with a letter on front of them that spelled out, oh, sh- what now? Oh, uh, yeah, that's what it said. Yeah, yeah hysterical. Yeah. Which very funny, although probably not truth in advertising, because I think most of them have a pretty good idea what they're doing next. And it's probably going to be pretty good. But if the Stanford kids are concerned. We're all in trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so Pat, uh, yeah, you just didn't you didn't do your work. It's fine. I didn't do my work. You prioritized other things, other little things like graduations of your daughter and stuff, and and safety on the highways, <laughs> the Eisenhower inter uh, interstate uh, highway system, um, <laughs> over over 
watching this movie. Sully, your thoughts on everyone wants some, and can you understand why you never saw it? I don't, I don't. I, I have failed in not saying it. That, w- that was a pure failure on my, my end uh, up until this point, because that movie was a classic. A lot of nostalgia, you know, laying your, the last scene where they go to the first class was just perfect. And, and, and it, and it kind of sums up that first week at, that happens at every single school, the move in week where there's no classes, no responsibility, and everything just seems like one giant party for a few days. Um, you know, your friends are back in town and you have zero responsibility. And it, it especially if you're a, a spring sport athlete and you don't have, you just have fall practice, like, there are no rules, and they they certainly seem to, uh, to to take advantage of it. Well, there are two rules: no alcohol in the house, and no girls upstairs. Those were both violated. Yeah, within the first <laughs> immediate hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at the baseball house. Yeah. Um, I guess we can't spend too much time on this because most people haven't seen it. It's not like we're talking about Shawshank, and it's like you know, <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert! Like, dude, it's been on. Like, you ain't, you ain't seen it. You ain't seen it. Like, I'm gonna tell you what happened. A lot of Tennessee vibes on this team. A lot of a lot of pretty terrible mustaches and and boisterous people on this on this team. Like, it, it is just a a collection of of characters and clowns. But my favorite, I think, has to be the the closer, Raw Dog, because you always hear closers are crazy, and this dude is a perfect example of it where they have the one practice and he's throwing a hundred miles an hour during BP. It's not even practice yet. So <laughs> he's freaking out on the mound. Just, I don't care if it's BP. I'm, I've got one speed. <laughs> and they got the one guy, McReynolds, who's like really good. Mm-hmm. Like he, he hits a baseball at one point and a half with an ax. Yeah. And, uh, hates pitchers, hates pitcher. I, I, I just like the when they're just sitting around the house. It's not even the party scenes. It's yeah. like when they're just playing ping pong or that little that little uh basketball game they had. Like it's just competition. That's yeah. how Flicking. you get ten you get ten dudes together and it there's gonna be just every single thing is gonna they're playing knuckles, oh, yeah. cards, everything is a fight, everything is put downs it's just terrific that that is one of the great parts of this movie is the space in it, it, it describes the space in between which is some of the best times in college where you're sitting it's 15 dudes in a house that are sitting there on a couch <laughs> just playing ridiculous games in between classes right like it's, yeah, it's yeah. perfect I, I i went to school so long ago that that we still had sing, single sex uh, dorms and so it was like an entire four floors at stafford hall of guys <laughs> and that's what it was is you are on the when you weren't going to class, which you know attendance was spotty. <laughs> when you weren't studying, yeah, that was spotty too. Then just yeah, just the daily goofball <laughs> that happened in the hallways <laughs> and in dorm rooms. And I, I yeah, I mean that that is what made college memorable. Yeah, I think that was it for me in this movie. Usually these these college movies, it's like the nerds or the outcasts are trying to like dominate the cool kids, or there's a Someone yeah, revenge in the nerds. Yeah, it's that yeah. kind of spirit, or like Project X, or what, whatever, right? Or American Pie, whatever it is. Or it's like we're not, uh, we're trying to find ourselves. Like this is just like, yeah, we're just here. Like I mean, <laughs> we're here. Sometimes you get bagged on. Sometimes you bag on someone else. I don't know. So uh, this concludes uh, at the movies. Two thumbs up, Sully. Two thumbs up. Uh, three, if I had three, three thumbs. thumbs. Okay. <laughs> Two thumbs and a big yeah. toe. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Everyone wants some. It's going to hit top of the on demand. I had to buy it on demand. Not yeah. easy to See, find. Watch, watch, watch for the resurgence from this based on our, our role as influencers in social media. Yeah, this is it. All right. As everyone knows, this podcast is we're influencers, uh, cutting edge. We'll tell you what's coming next. Uh, and, and the big story of the week in the circles of stupid stories uh, we had done on a on a people's court a long time ago. Um, yeah, we were ahead of our we time. We were ahead again. when they first filed the papers. And we do a lot of people's courts, and we 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 sit around and go, why did they file this lawsuit? This lawsuit is so dumb. Like, what? <laughs> like, it's like suing Pop-Tart because there's not enough strawberry in the strawberry Pop-Tart. <laughs> okay, those are our, you know, <laughs> like, where is this going, right? Well, this was one of those, yet, a Missouri woman, and I, I'll, I'll put my typical disclaimer, right? S- mature audiences. Uh, I got yeah. no idea yeah, how to one. get through this. So if you got <laughs> the kids in the car, maybe just this is good for the pod. We'll see you next week or, you know, wait till they're out. <laughs> Hit pause Hit for pause. a few minutes. Yeah. Yep. Because, uh, I, yeah, there's no way around this. 
Is there? I can't. I can't even use euphemisms no, or anything. No. Okay. No, no, no. You just got to tell it. Okay. We're all adults here. We're all adults here. Yeah. We just recommended like an absolute raunch fest movie <laughs> to uphold the dignity of this podcast. This is the story is beneath <laughs> the <go>. dignity. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A Missouri woman was awarded $5.2 million in a settlement from the auto insurance company Geico after contracting a sexually transmitted disease from her partner in his vehicle, which was insured by the company. Uh, and just- we found great. Uh, we thought this was ridiculous. But this week, a Missouri Court of Appeals upheld the award. <laughs> the woman, a Jackson County resident, said she contracted HPV from her partner. She alleged that her sexual partner negligently caused or contribute, quote, contributed to cause to be infected with HPV by not taking proper precautions and neglecting to inform and or disclose his diagnosis. Uh, so, you know, that's that's not good. But no. his car and his quote car insurance policy provided coverage from her injuries and losses. So because <laughs> these two hooked up in a car, Geico's on the hook. <laughs> The arbiter determined that, quote, there was sexual activity in the uh, man's automobile that directly caused or directly contributed to cause, despite her former partner's knowledge of the thing. And Geico has to do, uh, they, they wrote 5.2 million with fairly compensated women from the damages. This is real. I am so astounded. I mean, I would be less shocked, like, if St. Peter's had won the national championship. <laughs> In basketball, uh, I, how on earth this is Geico's fault? <laughs> <laughs> this dude has a, an STD and passes it along in the car is amazing. And I guarantee the legal trickle down of this. Like, if you are the corporate lawyers at State Farm and Progressive and everything else, you're like, oh shit, man, what are we going to do now? Oh boy, we got to we got to get to work on a new defense for uh, for when these uh, sort of things come come at us here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hook up in the car. What if they've gone to a hotel? Is then like the Fairfield Inn responsible? I, I, like, what is going on? How does I mean? We're not normally on the side of big business, but <laughs> right? <laughs> big no, insurance. Like, we're one. here for the dreamers. And I tip my yeah. cap to this woman. <laughs> An unfortunate thing happened to her, but still, yeah. she's now right. got $5.2 million. Yeah. How is that I mean, a fair compensation? I have no idea. Her lawyer is a superstar, though. I mean, first of all, to, to actually, and I think we talked about this at the time, to actually have the gall to try to bring this forward, but then to pull it off. Yeah, this, dude this, is winning. this lawyer is about to be hired at State Farm, you know. Yeah, right? <laughs> Seriously, State to Farm. defend it. Supreme Court. Also, his, his billable hours just shot up like tenfold. Elon Musk, the term, the, 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 the detail, uh, uh, crazy. Crazy no. damages no. claims like this. This is why this is a big part of why car insurance costs so much. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> right? This raises my rate because two, <laughs> two people outside the shady gators or something couldn't get a room. <laughs> yeah, everybody's everybody's uh, next month Geico bill is going to be up a dollar. <laughs> All right, finally, uh, zoo news out of uh, Amarillo, the Amarillo Zoo. Always like a good zoo story. I think Amarillo would have a good zoo. A lot of animals down yeah. there. Yeah, uh, a bizarre image captured on a camera outside a Texas zoo as wildlife experts and local officials baffled by the appearance of an upright animal strolling along in the middle of the night. This to me looks like a dog or something, but it is standing <laughs> on its hind legs. The photo has led uh, to speculation that it could be the infamous, how do you say this, Sully? Chupacabra. Chupacabra. You're gonna have. I knew you're gonna have a, a tough time with that. I one. can't do anything. <laughs> Chupacabra, the mythical vampire beast that hunts for blood of livestock or some other strange cryptid. Which I don't know what it. So it's it's been deemed the unidentified Amarillo object. UAO. <laughs> the UAO. Sully, what is it? What is? Uh, do we believe this is a pad? What are you guys? Is is there a mythical vampire beast walking around? Outside the Amarillo Zoo looking to hunt for blood? Well, of course there is. Of course. I mean, <laughs> again, we, we people are way too quick to dismiss these things. And now we finally got the evidence. We have a grainy, blurry, dark, weird picture. 
that's enough, right? I mean, that's we, we've 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 been sold on less on this podcast. <laughs> Here it is, one twenty-five a.m. May twenty-first. The chupacabra roaming, no doubt about it. It's not like a guy with a wearing a a dog hat or a wolf hat or anything like that. No, 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 no. This is clearly the hind quarters look really weird to be a human in the costume, right? Like it. it, it yeah, I mean the the posture is 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 different. You know, mm-hmm. so I like uh, I like this cryptozoology is a pseudoscience that tracks down the countless popular and obscure animals that have entered folklore. Some cryptozoologists pointed out that this could be a potentially a wolf or a bear that has lost its the use of its front limbs because of injury. Uh, <laughs> going back to the famed Petals the bear from New Jersey uh, went viral walking around in, in around uh, 2016. And he was tragically shot and killed, unfortunately, by Hunter. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> he was walking around New Jersey on his back legs. <laughs> R.I.P. Petals. Petals uh, the bear. Uh, yeah. Pour one out yeah. for Petals. <laughs> <laughs> Can anybody ever one time get a non-grainy, non-blurry, non-dark picture? I know. Of it's, one of these beasts. I'm setting up some high-quality cameras. I mean, this thing is creepy. It is creepy. I, I, do you think it's the way it's walking? It's like going Okay, in the picture, is it going right to left or, or is it like going left to right, <laughs> yeah. but its head is spun around? <laughs> it's definitely going right to left. If it's going left to right, it's Michael Jackson moonwalking. Well, maybe, though, I kind of look like the head might be looking right at the camera. It is because he's caught. He's like, man, I, I hope this is going to be grainy because otherwise the jig is up. Chupacabra busted. If you've ever been anywhere near Amarillo, you'd believe anything could be living out there. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, again, that's why I'm I'm convinced 100. percent It's I real. I'd be absolutely terrified. I mean, look, if you can get 5.2 million for uh, hooking up with a dude in a car, <laughs> this thing could be real. <laughs> Anything's possible. All right, uh, our Amarillo listeners, heads on a swivel, heads on a swivel, folks. Yeah. Be ready. You, you out see there. that thing coming? I don't know what you do because it's probably gonna outrun you. If you can get a real video, send it to us and and also send it to Jimbo Fisher because you're right. He's probably got some wheels on him. He's Chupacabra is going <laughs> to get a night in Idaho. It's like something that could move. Get the yeah, picture. We yeah. Have, if you die in the process, we'll honor you here. But make yeah, sure you send in the that, video first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and subscribe to and the yeah. podcast after you're deceased. <laughs> but yeah. So like, yes, we're, we're especially Texas tech fans, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Amarillo's like in between all those places. Oh, yeah. So y'all be looking out. All right. See if you can sign him. South Plains. Here we go. Mm-hmm. All right. That's our show uh, to say the least. <laughs> we, uh, are, we may be back later this week without Pat or we may not. That's right. How's that for, got important how's that for things to do? <laughs> I'll keep them checking back for sure. <laughs> maybe here if they we think may that not. I'm not going to be on the pod. They may be more hopeful in checking back. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, so we'll see if we do any more work this week. Uh, thanks for listening, and please subscribe, share on social media. See, subscribing's your best way. Then it'll just pop right up. We will talk to you later. <laughs>